and welcome back to the Time for Heroes podcast. Right, this week on the podcast, I have Mark Richardson, who is a spoken word performer from Dundee. Um, yeah, Dundee, Dundee. Yeah, so um, we're just going to touch on Mark's life growing up, how he, how he got into poetry and where he sees it going in the next few years. So, I, as I said, back to the start, where you grew up, what life was like for a young Mark Richardson? It was all right. Life was pretty good. Just I grew up in, in the ferry, which is just like on the outskirts of Dundee. I grew up in just mm-hmm. like a, the ferry. Obviously, I'm quite seen as like another like a posh area, but like I grew up in a just a wee tenement down by the water. My dad, dad was a bricklayer. He used to from Drumchapel. My dad originally. So right. My mum's my mum's from Pentland, which is just like outside Lockie. So I'm. They met up, like my dad, they met up, so they lived in Glasgow for a while and they moved to Dundee in 19, in the, oh, I don't know, mid-70s, yeah, so then we've got a flat down the ferry, so me and my brothers were born down there, eh? but um, yeah, so it was like, um, it was a good good upbringing, you like, it was no bother that, eh, really, it was, um, obviously we were working class, so in the 80s was quite tough, because my dad was like in the building trade, so he was unemployed quite a lot during the 80s, it was a recession and that, so my mum, she worked as a childminder, eh? so she had me and my two brothers, I've got a twin, and then she had like three or four kids, she was looking after at the same time, so the house was always like fucking full of kids running about. Uh-huh. It's quite on it, like just a normal childhood, yeah, sort of, nothing, went on a few, ho- we used to go on holidays down south, caravan holidays, doing it like different places in England and that, eh? so happy memories of that, like, but um, nothing really event for like, like, yeah, my mum and dad. Yeah, those were the days, that's Sorry. what I used to do as well, we used to go down to Cumbria, Randa had a caravan down there, and we used to go down there for holidays every year, I love it, and I've, I've not been for about 30 odd years, but no. if, if I went back there, I would know the place like the back of my hand. Yeah. Well, we used to go to like it was Southport. That was a few places, Morecambe, Scarborough. But I always pissed the rain eh, when you went doing it. I was like a week or two weeks. It was always fucking pissing, and and always something. It was always something happened with the caravan of the guest house. They were always like no ready or like just something dodgy about the eh? But I was looking back. It was good fun. I always made the effort to take with somewhere. Eh? So like we didn't they didn't drive, so it was down on the train while the cases and that. But good like good memories. So, what what was um, school like? What were you? Well, I kind of like to be honest, mate. Like school was a bit of a write off for me. It was like fucking. Um, I just couldn't relate to nothing. Yeah, it was like just. A, it wasn't a stupid day, but it was just. I was just lost in my own thoughts. Yeah, but uh-huh. maybe that's kind of where my poetry actually stemmed from. Because, like, um, I don't know. I just. I probably took a lot longer than other people to like get things into my head and that. Yeah, but I don't know if it was like maybe an ADHD or an Asperger. I've always. Thought we've had some kind of thing going on, but I've never like bothered looking for a diagnosis, eh? Because what I mean, what's the point? So it was like quite I found it hard to um, like I don't know to speak in groups and I wasn't really I was I had mates obviously one on one couple, but see like speaking in groups, I just couldn't do it. Eh? Yeah. Um, got a twin brother as well, so that obviously we had the same mates now, so that probably helped a bit. So I think if I didn't have a twin brother, I probably would have been more like I don't know not isolated, eh, isolated, but more like sort of. I don't know, I just can, but um, it was quite quiet. I was really quiet at school, eh? 
Mm-hmm. Obviously, I got into bothers in high school later on that, eh? like when I got a bit older, but I was like always a bit shy. I like to speak to people in that end. I, bit, I don't know, I just I found it hard to. It was like, average English, it was okay English, but everything else is a right off, eh? but I just don't know. So, what about then, your, your brother? Is your brother get like you say, maybe some sort of that undiagnosed? Kind nah, of... No, no, he's my brother's more of a. Extrovert, I'm an introvert, say more of an introvert, eh? but like people think, like, because my poetry, but that's like, see, when my poetry, I kind of like going to character, eh? you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it's like I'm not an ego on stage, sort of, eh? like, even now it's still something struggle in social situations, yeah, I think I'm, I could, sometimes I could be socially awkward, eh? but people might not know that about me, but it's just, I think I'm, I don't know, it's, maybe certain people I could relate to, but. Certain situations, I think I still do struggle, even at work sometimes. And that. I don't know. I just I work on building sites, yeah, I'm a library, but I don't know. Like, sometimes I feel I just didn't fit in places, but yeah, it's just part of me. But yeah, I, mean, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. I mean, I'm pretty much the same. I, I go to, I do these podcasts, and obviously, I, I speak to a lot of musicians. I get a lot of tickets for gigs off them, and I Sometimes I'll meet up with them after a gig and they chat away brand new, but I'm like inside my heart's going out. It's yeah. I feel really out of place. I sometimes and, feel like I'm on the fringes of that, like people are conversating. This sometimes feel like I'm just sort of at the bar. I don't know. And this, I think growing up as I got like as a, a like um teenager, early twenties, I used to mask that with like alcohol and like recreational drugs, no, like just go on ectos and like get drunk and then see once it was like Pish or whatever, I could conversate and no bother, eh? But just like when I was sober, I was like kind of a bit sort of like withdrawn, sort of, know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I definitely did. Um, maybe you masked that by like getting on it a lot, eh? Like in the in my twenties, yeah, and in my thirties, know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I used to, I used to got the nickname Disco because it was like that man a party animal, eh? You know what I mean? So when it was twenty, <laughs> so even now as I'm obviously older now, eh? But sometimes I meet people in like. From that era, if I'm with someone else who I've met recently, like, and then I meet someone for like what, 12 years ago, they go, All right, Disco, how are you doing? People are like, What the fuck's Disco? I've been out with my mum a few <laughs> times. She's like, Disco, like, because obviously I've never tell her, eh? like, where it stemmed for her. But it's quite funny, you know, eh? Yeah. Obviously, like, struggling at school, what, what were your plans? What, what sort of line were you going to even now I didn't really make plans, but I just kind of live in the moment and just see where I've never been one to plan like I'm going to do this. Even like, no, I mean, I just don't know. I kind of, I don't really think about the future too much. Yeah, I just kind of, which is maybe a good thing. Yeah, I kind of just live in my own head in the present sort of. So I don't like, I think that could be quite a positive thing as well. But um, I don't know. I just, when I left school, I worked in retail for a few years in the River Island, eh, which was a good uh-huh. laugh. Like, just fucking in Dundee for a few years and then after that I just kind of worked in factories and laboured on building sites and I so different places and then I didn't discover poetry till I was like what about 20, about 30 it's, it, like, I never kind of came a poet by, by default you know like for example if someone's at school they want to be a musician they're into whatever it, like I never set out to be like I want to be a poet like I never read poetry or, I mean trying to recite Robbie Burns poetry can in primary 7 I physically I was up in front of the class with a fucking poem or whatever, and I couldn't, I was shaking, I couldn't do it. Like, some people done it all right, I just couldn't overcome the fear, I just had to back out. So it's funny now that I'm up, I perform in front of people now, eh? but back then I was like, I never thought about what I, I was always into 
hip hop like growing up, eh, right? But it was a big reggae fan, like loads of types, different types of reggae growing up. And then as I got in my like mid teens, like the Wu Tang and like all the reggae sort of scene, that's so, I mean the hip hop scene. So maybe obviously that's obviously kind of poetry with music. So that's maybe where the lyrical side came from. Eh? You know what I mean? But yeah. I never read poetry. I used to come, I've always been in, I've always read, I've always devoured, since I could read, I've always read like novels of different kinds. Eh? So I've always been a reader, eh? Like I'd say more of, I was always more into reading than music, even when I was growing up. Eh? Like my brothers, they were into their music more. Eh? Because of obviously, I've got a twin brother and he was shared the room. Like whatever, he used to play all these different music. So he he got me into music, eh? which is a good thing. Because eh? I wasn't like, didn't think that too much about it. So he was writing all different types of reggae and all that. So he kind of got me into that, which is good. So I've got a wide knowledge of music because of my brother. Eh? But then I was always like more interested in reading. Eh? Just like anything, everything and anything I'd read, even still do now. Read loads, eh? But not poetry, just like different, just different books growing up, eh? Yeah, I mean, obviously Dundee. And I got one book published. Did you, do you know that I got a book published? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah, go yeah. into that later on. Yeah, kill me. Yeah. Um. Obviously, D- Dundee was kind of famous the early two thousands. Obviously, you had the view. The view. Yeah. Well, we used to go to like um. The doghouse back in the day was like we used to go to like when they were the view. I remember the view when they were like um. Up and coming, it was a big band scene in Dundee. So I, I kid, I didn't kind of that then. I, I, kid, I kid some of them now, eh? But I mean, you seen them at the gigs and that, eh? Before they got famous, now, eh? Because Dundee was mental back then, just one of the bands. Brilliant place, eh? The, yeah. The I, I, up the stairs, I've got a wee map, and it's got all the Dundee bands and kind of yeah. all intertwined. There's all yeah. sorts of music comes. The, the doghouse is where they got like got sort of found, eh? But that was like the main venue where all the bands went. There was a few other venues, but that was the best place, the doghouse, eh? Yeah, good times, like yeah, yeah. Because I mean, they're like one of my, one of my big bands. But obviously, from them, I get into all the other Dundee bands in a bit. There was there was seven or eight bands, kind of. They were really good. They've done well as well. Lou Vanna, the guy Phil Vanna, Dave Webster. He actually hosts an open mic every Wednesday at the Bank Bar, and they go usually go down like. Some poems quite a lot. I was down there um, last week doing some poems, eh? Yeah, so, well, that's because they play quite a they, they get more of a folky sound as well. Yeah, yeah, they were a total, like they were different from the indie crowd, which is good. They were like more of a folk sort of oriented, eh? Which was they were deeper, I think, eh? You know what I mean? They were more music, musically talented, yeah. eh? Than the rest of them, eh? So, when did the poetry start then? How did did you just well, kind of stumble it's across it? Quite thought, I like. I mind, I mind when I was young at school, I used to kind of make up like daffy rhymes and that, but I didn't think nothing of that, but I never thought about poetry, but kind of happened about, it, was, it wasn't through writing, it was more through music. I mind one night in a party, we were all on it, listening to Groove Armada, it must have been about 29 or something, and we were listening to, I can't mind the Groove Armada song, but it was like quite instrumental, I just started making up my own words to the song and sort of rhyming, taking it from there, and like, kept doing it and I was like you've got a talent for that so I just sort of started writing down making daft wee poems about my mates I didn't call them poems back then I just like called call them rhymes eh? so uh-huh. making poems about my mates and like the lasses I kid and I just funny ones eh? and then just took it from there started putting more thought into it and like deeper and whatever and then more like so I was writing for a while and I started just like um, sharing making videos sharing them on Facebook and I and like after a while a couple of them <clears throat> they're all went about Dundee two wee poems together and that went viral like it got like 1,000 shares within a few days. It was, I think, of the poems are called Summer in Scotland and Bonnie Dundee. It was two poems together, right? And like I just 
filmed in my house. So they went like viral, a thousand. So I got like loads of like friend requests and that, like. So I got quite a following on Facebook. And then two weeks before the referendum, Scott, I like, me and my brother went up to Glencoe. I had an independence away, so I filmed that. And it was like spur of the moment, I like, had my, took my tap off all right up the hills in, had a fucking Scotland flag. It was like a pure Viking look like. And I filmed this poem, eh? And that fucking two weeks before the referendum, it's called Wake Up. And I went fucking, it's got like 8,000 shares. Yeah. No views, shares. So it must have got like hundreds of thousands of views within a few weeks. So it went viral, right? It was getting friend requests for Canada, Australia. So I think I had like 700 friends on Facebook. And within like a week, I had like fucking over 2,000 then, just like like that. And then, so I got a big following online, eh? So I was doing a lot. I was, I was just making videos. I wasn't like performing, eh? I kept saying, right, I'm going to start performing, going to perform, but didn't have, it was one thing making videos like in my living room or out somewhere with my brother and to get up on stage, which was a major obstacle, eh? Because it was like really, as I said earlier, I was quite like a shy person and like, I didn't yeah. like speaking to people. Obviously, so. like when you mentioned getting up stage, I was going to touch on that, like the the spoken word scene. Was a was a, a, a scene within Dundee at that point. Well, well, there was a few like older poets, like the generation before me, the street poets, they used to perform together. And Gary Robertson, Mark, what's his name? Mark Thompson and Kevin McCabe. So they used to perform there, but they weren't really performing so much at that time. It was more like when I was like a bit younger and I wasn't really into poetry. I'd seen them a few times. I might seen them all individual at festivals, like we festivals in Dundee. Honey mm-hmm. Festival, I've seen them eh? I was abandoned on me. They were brilliant, Hanny, at the time. Eh? My mate Brian Harris and Paul uh-huh. Harris. Them. But, um, so I'd seen these poets individual and I liked them, but I never even, that was maybe just a few years before I started writing poetry, but even then I still never had an incline to start writing. So I wasn't like inspired for them or I. Eh? No, I mean, it just, but there was a kind of scene before that, but when I came on the scene, it sort of maybe died down. I think they were still doing, like uh, some of these, the guy Mark Thompson, he's like established. He like does poetry. Like workshops in the jail now, I think, you know, like in workshop kind of thing. So I think he's, uh-huh. that's his living it, sort of like in. The guy, Gary Robertson, he's like, he does plays. So I think he's went and he's in the band, the Cundy. So he's went, maybe, don't know if he focuses so much on the poor right now. Another guy, Kevin, Kevin, he was right, really, he does loads about mental health and that. His poems are like fucking 12, 30 minutes long. Eh? So he was really deep. And so I've met, I've met a few of them a couple of times now, eh? so, but. Yeah, so I wouldn't, wouldn't say I was inspired for these guys, but when I got into poetry, I did watch a lot of their videos and that, you know what I mean? But yeah, not at the time, but yeah, so. But even now, there wasn't really much I've seen at the time when I'd done it, like, then. Yeah, it's obviously. So I went, sorry, so like when I first started performing, I like, I just go, there was nothing in Dundee. There was a one, there was one poetry night, but I never knew about that till later. So I just went through to fucking, I Googled a few places in Edinburgh and Glasgow, so I went to Edinburgh. And done a few like open mics there just on my own night, and then my brother and a few mates came through it. So I felt I wanted just to do this on my own, know what I mean? Just to get confidence. So I went to a few of them, and then I done a few gig, done my own gig in Dundee. I think it was in October two thousand and sixteen. Because I went away, I was I've done a lot of traveling as well. Eh? A few times, uh-huh. been away for eight months, six months around the world. Eh? So I came back and um, done um few gigs in Dundee and sort of took off from there and I met a few people and they were, couldn't touch with a guy from Glasgow. I don't know if you know Mark McGee. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So he does, he was doing like nights in Glasgow, like poetry spoke work. So got put in touch with him. So then I went through, performed a few his gig and his gigs then got like got in well with my he's a mate now, he's a good mate. So um, 
I got sort of in, I got in contact with a lot of people in Glasgow who do sporting word nights. That's like the guy speculative books. Um, they do in deep poetry. That's who published my book. So kind right. of through that meeting with Mark McGee, I got I got like just in touch with a lot of people in Glasgow, and like that's how I got a book published. Now, so it's like just these things like having it. So uh huh. So sort of, yeah. So what what's it like in Dundee now? Is it still is it still yeah. kind of sparse? Or no, well, there is a there's one spoken word night called Hodgepodge that a guy Gavin he he puts on. It's every once once a month on a Wednesday, so it's like an open mic. Anyone can go down and perform at that. So I was just there the other night. It's quite good. It's a total mix. It's like a few older guys, students, like just all different types of people. Eh? You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. well, it was maybe about thirty odd forty people there last time. So, but I'm if I'm always put on a few gigs myself. Eh? Like start like before lockdown, I was like having gigs in cafes and outside. Um, so I would bring, invite a few pots. We'd do like maybe a 15-minute set each, like three, four pots, five pots, and then we'd have an open mic and anyone could come. So I was getting quite busy doing that. I like, and then, so I was getting like, doing a lot of them, but lockdown happened. Eh? So I kind of wanted to start doing that again. Because eh? yeah. sort of now I've got a book, it's like it's given me a new, more confidence. See, when I'm on stage just with this book, it's like a bit of backup. Can what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah I see you in all the videos, and you're getting, yeah. and obviously, I mean, you might, if if you're reading these out all the time, you you probably don't need the book to read it. Yeah, but... well, I don't need the book anyway. Like a lot, I've got loads of poems in my head that aren't even in the book that I would prefer. Now, like I could go on stage and like fucking probably like forty minutes of poetry just for my head. I've had the titles wrote down there eh? because some of you see when I'm on stage, my mind goes blank. Yeah, but once I can the title, I could fucking recite them all with my book. Yeah, just in my hand. But uh-huh. so, and I've performed. I've been in a couple of high schools performing there. Eh? Just speaking of people there. No, like, I went in a Harris Academy last year. My mate, my mate's mum got us in, so um, I was in, like, a Scottish studies class, like, one of these classes, you know, where the kids are the two academic. Basically, like, I was at school, just to see that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? You could do something after you leave school or whatever. Eh? Although, poor, it's not my job, like, it's not my job, obviously. I like a fucking, I'm just labouring on building sites, and that's obviously where I get the income if I survive, but it's like a sideline. I made a wee bit, of, made a couple of grand off my book, like, book sales are sold. Can't be far off two hundred now, eh? So, but the money's came in dribs and drabs. So it's not like you've just got the money. It's sort of, yeah. I've no real touch with wages. So, and I got like I was away for a month holiday in Madagascar, just in fucking July, August, day eh? Like backpacking around there. So, I put a wee bit. So it's a sideline. So it's a wee side earner. But I mean, so what, like for these poems, how how do they how do they come to you? What's the process, and where do you well, find the inspiration? I don't know, sometimes just, like, if there's something trending on the news, like, I used to, like, for example, that was, like, Israel and fucking Palestine. Used to, I was going to get to that as well, if, if yeah. something I like that write, would kind of trigger you. I don't, like, I don't write so much political poetry. I used to like it, but then I used to think, I don't really know too much about politics, and I could probably get, what I write, I could probably get pulled up on it, because I'm maybe just hearing things and writing then, but I don't know too much deep into it, so I kind of now just stick to writing more about issues in Dundee, like, the drug deaths, the difference between like rich and poor. I know like the gentrification of the waterfront and I, like, uh, uh-huh. and more poems about myself, how like of just mental health, whatever. So, yeah, I like to write poetry and what I can't, people can't, because I could write a big poem about fucking Palestine or whatever, like poli- politics. Yeah, and then I'm just like, I could get probably get pulled, picked apart if someone said, well, what about this? They wouldn't really know too much in it. So, I kind yeah. of stick to what you know, you know what I mean? Which is like, yeah, because I'm not a fucking, I'm not deep, dead deep into politics. Obviously, I 
like to know what's going on, but I like. And with COVID, I just didn't really, I didn't write much about COVID. I just couldn't be fucked down my head, like writing about that really. Yeah, you know what I mean? I did write one poem about like an alternative, like about lockdown, like sort of. I was more like what my experience of lockdown for when it was furloughed, like the first lockdown. It was like I enjoyed it because it was off work with eighty percent of my wage. I had a new girlfriend at the time, so it was like just fucking chilling my heart, and then um, so it was a positive experience for me, and I was saying like. Imagine the last lockdown lasted for, for a long time, and like nature had reclaimed the fucking streets and all. So it was like a sort of, sort of like a, quote, like, I don't know, just like what would happen if it went on. So it was like for a different perspective, eh? But yeah, anyway, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I'll write, if I've got a subject in my head, I'll write about it and I'll, I'll like plan it out. And then, but other times, I just get just write, it just comes out of me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I've not really got a writing process. I just, uh-huh. Well, like, is there no, a specific place, or a t- like, obviously, if you're saying that you you work on building sites when you when you're working away, do things come in? Yeah, head? well, that's a wrote a poem called the Grafter, which was like a, he, kind of inspired by building sites. It was kind of like um, it was kind of about like a lot of guys in the building trade in Scotland. They working class guys, or maybe the work out of the life, work hard as fuck it. Drink every day, boogies, whatever, and then they retire and they fucking die when like a couple of years after they make their retirement, eh? Because of their lifestyle and the hard work, eh? So this yeah. is called the like, and just like what? So yeah, it, it just kind of that was inspired by working on the building site, eh? But other ones, I, I, I like to write a lot of funny poems as well, eh? Like another thing as well, I like to use um, animals. I've got a poem called The Rabbit in the Hair, which is about two like drug addicts for Dundee, but I like to put animals in my poetry because you can maybe get away with saying stuff and give it. You couldn't say about humans if I call if I call these just like Bobby and Jimmy. I mean, it uh-huh. wouldn't be so comical. Although it's not a funny your subject, you sort of insert humor into it. You know what I mean? It's like a process just to make it more like a black humor, what a sort of. You know what I mean? Yeah. So type of him. Eh, uh, obviously, I, I mean, I've had other spoken well artists on here. I've had um, Mark Abbott for Yorkshire. He was in a band, and I've had. Um, Leon the pig farmer, Jack Corner, who he's in a band with his wife, right. um, and that's where he did his poetry. He he was in the army and he came out and he had PTSD, and doing the poetry, he, he was going out walking, and again similar to yourself, he was into the same sort of music, hip hop, and that's where he got a lot of the beats, and then he was just putting his own words to these beats, and that's how. Yeah. Um, the poetry came in. So, <clears throat> in terms of other spoken word, obviously you touched on um, two or three there. Is there any like further afield, like poets that, that have been an inspiration to you or any that you um, No, I've, recently I got in touch with a guy, and I don't think when you've sent a friend request, I think he's a mutual friend, Ben the Dunhammer for Ayrshire. Well, it's funny because I. I kind of added both of you at the same time. Right. You both just appeared on my right. Facebook. Because he's like, what, what? I think it was Logie, like a follower of Logie on the page. So I think Logie shared one of his videos and it was like, this guy, Ben, Phantom Freeze, I think he's been like, uh-huh. he's been doing a poem a day, like filming a poem a day for like, it's going to be a year. He's on like day 200. And he got me involved and I'd done a poem as well, like on his, on his feed thing. Eh? But I, mean, I think some of the poems are, some are his, some are his mates who's like who died like recently, well, last year, whatever. He was a poet, and he's I think he found his 
great granddads. He found a book in his loft and his dad's loft about a poetry book. We didn't know he was a poetry. Like right. it's all these poems. He was like published in the found it. And so he's are some of the poems he's doing for a year, like three minutes of poems, like some are his, some of his great, great grandfathers, and some are like his mates. So it's like quite a good it's like dedication he's doing, like yeah, because I didn't think yeah. I could do that. See, someone yeah. they'll go and film a poem, and sometimes you've got to do a lot of takes, it could be quite stressful. Eh? It's like, but I'm, I mean, to do every for a year, that's dedication. So, like, you got and, yeah, so I followed him with like comment, sharing these videos. So he got in touch with me and asked me to jump on one of these videos, eh? Like, send him a video, and he like added it. So that's an extra poem on Sing Me Ken. Right, that, that that's really funny. I literally added the two years when the, the yeah. space a couple of days, and there was another boy at the same time, Darren Howie. Um, Darren Howie. Mm. I think I, I think he's based. I think he's based down south, but he's from Glasgow. And yeah. again, all three years when maybe a week each other, yeah. um, mm. added his off. So I'm trying to get both of them on the podcast at some point as well. Okay. Cool. Um, so. Obviously, you've touched on the book quite a bit. How did the the book come about? Well, it's actually like a sent first first sent this manuscript off in Charlotte. So the name Charlotte's Ned, which is obviously playing words of Charlotte's Web, because originally there was a poem in it called Charlotte's Ned, but it didn't it didn't make the book. But you liked the title there eh? because I had said that to be the title, so I think mm-hmm. it's quite a play on like word making a bit Scottish. So I've not exactly I've, I kind of stole the title and ripped it off it, eh? which is. Fine, but yeah, but my title now. So I thought it was quite unique, Charlotte's Ned. I mean, people all see this book and think, is that Charlotte's Web or not Charlotte? So they might pick it up and fucking buy it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I've been wanting to get a book published for a while, eh? So these guys, speculative books, there's a guy, Sam Small, and he's a kind of, he's a poet from Glasgow. Like he's a guy, maybe he's, I don't know, he's early 30s, eh? But um, him, they're, they're on a night called In Deep like poetry in Glasgow, it's in the Indie Bar, like spoken word night. So, but then they've started their own independent publishing company called Speculative Book. So if you subscribe to them, I think you subscribe seven pounds a month and you get a book of poetry through the door each month. And I right. think as long as, as long as you're a subscriber and um we think your poetry's half decent, they'll like they'll publish you for free because they'll use the money you know they get from the the conscription, eh? Like so whatever say there's yeah. I think they've got so they like seven hundred pounds a month and they've got hundred. So you don't pay that way, and then you get your book, and then they sell it on their website, and then I get them sent to me. I could get them published for quite cheap, and I could sell them on myself as well. So, and I've got them in, in a few like local shops in Dundee. I handed a few copies in, so good to see them on the shelves. Can but yeah, um, yeah I just I've been wanting to get this book published for a few years. So originally, I worked like obviously all the port is mine, but I was, I'm not the best at laying the port out and that. So I got in touch with my mate. He's a port from Blair Gowrie. He's like English literature. He's done all, like, studied all that. So he helped me how to get on to the page. Because spoke, I'm like, I'd say more of a spoken word artist in it to get on the page. But obviously I'm still a writer, but um, yeah. yeah, he helped me how to lay it all out and typed. Like, I typed it up and then sent it. I haven't need to, like, laid it, like, structured it all sort of, you know, get the best on it on the page. Sort of like an editor, sort of. Yeah, so, so, um, that, it, so that it's easier to read. And yeah, so it just looks like how to get the best flow, it's sort of, you know what I mean? So, um, Originally, there was, I think there's 19 or 20 poems in this. Originally, I wanted about, it was about 35, but speculatively, because they cut it down, because I think they said it was quite all over the place. It wasn't a like, no, like, uh, so they cut it down to so many poems. Like, uh, about half of them are about Dundee, so it's like quite a lot about, it's quite dark, like, 
Porter, it's quite dark Porter somewhere. Like there are some funny ones in it, but a lot of it's quite dark if reading about Dundee's like social issues and that sort of but I mean obviously my poet so I write about what goes on it. You can't like fucking Yeah. Yeah, well that's the thing, you you'll never switch off. There's always something that'll yeah. so the cut down about making poems, but originally I sent it away the manuscript that I'm in. I think it was twenty twenty one, like the start of twenty one, and I never heard of him for like months and months. So I was like, fuck, maybe with just no interest there. Then eventually I fucking got got an email saying, Oh, we've got your book, sorry, we've been we've been fucking really busy. We're kind of kind of closed down during the lockdown, eh? But um and it goes, we like your poetry, we'd like to we've we'll cut a few poems out of it, we'd like to publish it like um later this year, eh? So that was twenty one. So but then it went months again, I never heard of him. I was like, fuck, what's going on, eh? So I think I emailed them and I didn't hear nothing. And then it was like two months later, I was like, fuck, maybe just no day now. And I got a fucking email with like the online version of the book goes, what do you think of this? We'll cut. And it was like, at first I was like, well, we've cut a lot out, but then I read. And then, but the poems seem to quite link together. So I think they've done, obviously they're professionals doing what they're doing. So yeah. I think they're doing a good job in like how to lay it out and that. So it was right. I was like, just fucking pub, just get it public. Say I'm no bother. They just do it because I didn't want like going any longer. So it was like, it came out this year in May, I think April. So it was like, a good two years, eh, they had the manuscript and it was just waiting. I didn't hear nothing for ages, so I was just pleased to get out there, eh? know what I mean? It, it must be some buzz having something like that as well, that yeah. you know it's, it's all your work and it's... Yeah, like, like, I've got, yeah. like, I've actually got enough... It's weird, eh? I've no wrote anything for ages, eh? Because I've been, like... I've got a lot of older poems that I'm kind of looking at. Maybe I'm going to get another book, but this one's going to be more, like, shorter poems and, like, more maybe about nature and sort of, like, just about... Shit, no, like, no, this is more street poetry, like dark, like so. But I've got uh -huh. a lot of other types of poetry that are just like shorter ones, so I might, I think, I've probably got enough for another book already. So maybe next year I'll get in contact and see if we can get another one, just so I'd reach a different audience, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, well that's the thing. If, if this one's done so well, you're yeah. going to capture that audience. Plus, if you if you can reach it, as you say, to yeah. a different, a wider range, then. Yeah. It's going to take you from strength to strength. It's just a good feeling when there's a few, like, I've got, like, I've got fucking, I just got 50 cents the other day, and another 50, so I've sold 20 already. I've got about, just over, I've got about 25 left to sell, eh? so hopefully if I shift in. Yeah, well, I'm, like, I'm going to take one after this interview yeah. as well. Um, so it's a good feeling, though, there'll be, like, 250 books just scarred. If it's got, I've sent, I've sent a couple to, Australia, well, I've sent one to Australia, a couple to Canada, America, like pals there, people have sent them, so it's just a good feeling, like someone in America could pick up this book and say, oh, there's a poetry book there, and it's like, people don't know me, so it's good, man, it's a good feeling, eh? Yeah. yeah. I, I was doing that the day with the podcast, I was having a wee look at the audience <laughs> figures and stuff like that, and you, there's a wee app that shows you where your, where your listeners are, yeah. and there's like Two people listened in Belize or whatever. And you're like, and Belize, that's bad. Who, who the fuck's listening to a, a podcast in Belize? But, Scottish podcast in Belize, eh? But it's good just how, like, social media, like, social media could be a bad thing, but I've used it, like, to my advantage. Like, I kind of use it mostly from a poetry, eh? Like, maybe you sometimes feel like you're posting a bit much, but then at the end of the day, I want to sell books. So, I mean, yeah. that's what I'm using it for. I want to, like, fucking sell as many as possible, eh? Just to get my name, get my fucking, um, work out there so most of what I post is probably poetry related like eh? but sometimes you think maybe people are getting pissed off and then so fuck you're using it for a positive thing eh? you know what I mean yeah people well, didn't need to read that or watch the videos if you want to watch them watch them if you don't 
Doesn't appear there's nothing they're doing, can? Yeah, and that is the thing. The, the people that are watching them, they're watching it for enjoyment. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, you'll always get people that have got a negative point or whatever, but they're mm. they're not worth bothering about. Nah, yeah, someone's always going to fucking slap someone. Yeah, no, you know, it's got to rise above it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, other than the, other than maybe another book, what other plans? Is there, is there anything else for you? Well, I want to let you really start pushing the performance side more as well, because like, this first and foremost, I'm saying like I'm a spoken word poet. You know what I mean? So I want to like start putting on. Sometimes you get a bit lazy and procrastinate a bit, and just but I want to like I like to make a own my own wee show, just like you know what I mean, just go on and fucking like the Mar Richardson poetry or something, and just fucking tour it about or I. But I think to more need to structure it sort of to like a certain thing, you know. Or maybe just like a book tour or something, you know, something like that. But yeah, I yeah. definitely want to start performing more in Dundee anyway, just to get in. Maybe to make an opportunity for more poets to like get involved as well, eh? Bring more like the next generation up as well, kind of what I mean. What about a, a YouTube channel if you get in? Like, well, I've never really, I don't know, I, I did. I had a wee bit today and I couldn't find anything, but I found, uh, um, I found a video of you doing a poem about refugees. Oh yeah, yeah, well I did, um, you know what it is? Because see, like, over the years when I've had new phones, I've always made new YouTube channels. I've not had to say one consistently. Uh-huh. But there is probably videos scattered about to be just um, different channels. So if someone got a YouTube channel, I just need to get, get around to it, you know what I mean? And get them all grouped together start doing them, eh? Because, uh, yeah, I used to do a lot of sharing on YouTube. But as I say, probably four or five phones I've had in that amount of time, and I've always forgot my fucking YouTube address and just made a new one. So yeah. if you just yeah. typed in Mark, Mark Richardson Dundee Fort, you'd probably get a few coming up, eh? But they'll be on different channels, eh? And... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's it. I mean, I looked on Facebook before I came on and uh, I, I listened to a few, but it's, there's, there's hundreds on there on your Facebook. Oh, yeah, well, hundreds on Facebook, eh? But uh, yeah. as you could say, YouTube, you'd meet a, a, a you'd um, reach a bigger audience, eh? But yeah, I've got hundreds on. I mean, I'm saying that to you about YouTube. I've not got my podcast on YouTube. Nah, you know, nah. <laughs> so nah. um, sometimes I get fucking. Too, sometimes I feel like fucking Facebook. That's enough. I just like don't know. Like, can what I mean? I'm just concentrating more on my book, getting around just at the moment. Eh, you know what I mean? Like, just having my book out there. But yeah, like, you know, maybe in yeah. the future I'll think about it. But how do you get all the viewers on? You know what I mean? Like, I've put some on YouTube. It's harder. Like. Get followers and that, you know what I mean? I think. Yeah, I, f- I think these things grow, they, they can be quite slow to start yeah. with, but then what, what it just takes one person for it to catch fire. Yeah. Obviously, another cool. guest I had on was um, a band, Jack Jones for Trampoline. Uh, he, they're a band for Wales. He did, um, Jack done a bit of poetry and he had, he had these poems on YouTube that nobody was interested in. And then he had this gig with the Libertines and Pete Doherty turns up before the show and recited all these poems to him. Uh-huh. And he'd been the guy, there was like 80 views on this poem and it uh-huh. was Pete Doherty had like 75 views there. Oh, and really? He'd watched them, And Pete Doherty, Pete Doherty's got him signed now. He's just published a book for him which comes out next, uh, next month. But it's mental how things like that can come. It just needs the, the right person to look at it. I see, I know what you mean. Uh, just come, a lot of stuff's luck in these kind of things. You know what I mean? 
yeah. who you know as well, I suppose. Eh? I mean, but yeah, I'm just like I've, I've performed with a few schools and that different times. I've done like I was on like a this guy got in touch with us like last week. He's he runs a, a student university radio station, so I was in doing him. Uh-huh. Like 20 minutes or and that, and he's going to play some poems in between each of their talk shows, you know what I mean? So, yes, yeah, reaching a new audience, eh? maybe reaching some students and that. So, yeah, oh, it's, just, it's just good to get a bit of a recognition, eh? for like maybe the younger generation as well. Eh? Yeah, you know I, mean? I, I seen your dad, uh, was it an old folks home, your dad as well? Yeah, well, that was just um, just a favour for a pal, eh? just like yeah, she, was, but... she was speaking to um, she was speaking to one of the residents saying, oh, what kind of things would you like in here on your craft? She goes, oh, I'd like a port to come in or something like that. So oh, my mate's a port, I'll give a shout. So yeah, I just went and done a favour. But it was good to see her. Some of them were like half asleep, but some of them like, paid attention to that. So it was a good thing to do, Ken. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really good. And, and yeah. oh, the thing with the spoken world is you can capture so much, like such a wide audience with it. Yeah. But I absolute pleasure having you on. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'll post all the, the links and all that. I'll post that one. I'll share them. If you post me, send me the links, I'll share them on whatever and that. Uh-huh. And obviously, as I, I mentioned to you, the, the podcast called Time for Heroes. So yeah. I, asked, uh, I asked my guest to pick four heroes. Oh, yeah, well, fuck, I got, I got two. Like, I've not really got. I picked Bob Marley and um, Jack Nicholson, because eh? that's my favourite musician. Uh-huh. Favorite, not just musician, just person, eh, Bob, and then Jack Nixon's my favourite actor, eh? But that's all I could really think of. I couldn't really think of anyone else. So it's too alright. Ah, that's alright. That's fine. I got some some people have picked like fucking fifteen or something. So oh, yeah, no, I like I don't like it's, it's it, I mean, that. And I'm not much a cook, so I didn't care. If it was Bob Marley it, like came for tea, I'd, I'd have to cook him some like Ital Rasta shit, kinda of like fish heads mm-hmm. and fucking rice. Cause like, he was like quite just Obviously, you wouldn't eat a McDonald's or nothing, so yeah, I'd hey, keep it like quite natural, sort of, for Bob, eh? And also, it would spliff after it, eh? But yeah, and then Jack Nicholson, if he came, if I'd him run for tea, fuck, it'd be heavy, so I'm pretty mad, eh? He's a bit of a mad cunt, but I don't know, um, I just cook him up whatever was in the cupboards, eh? It wouldn't be <laughs> fancy, eh? Just fucking throw it together, whatever, eh? Pot noodles mixed in with fucking rice, and whatever. Brilliant. I'm not much a cook, actually, I'm just... I could cook, cook the basics, but I don't know. I've got some, I was chopping some vegetables tonight, some sweet potatoes, so I've got them ready to go in the oven. Going uh-huh. to have some chicken steaks, but... Yeah, I mean, you oh, must, yeah. have, like, if you're saying that you, you've been travelling or that, you must, you must have ate a lot of different... Um, uh, yeah, well, uh, it was in, um, was it Cambodia? I ate some, like, fucking um, crickets and fucking um, we fly things, eh? They were roasted, or toasted, whatever they were, eh? Fried. Uh-huh. Sweet but yeah, and then what Vietnam, it taste like? it tastes quite meaty actually. It's like, it's, 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 like crickets, they're fried crickets. You eat them, it's just like sort of don't know, it's quite, maybe a wee bit of a fishy taste, sort of. It's but it's meaty. It's like if you get over the fact you're eating them, you're, they're not alive, they're like you know, so you when you just sort of switch off and it tastes like quite it's quite a meaty taste, eh, sort of. Yeah, but, yeah we don't go and just eat them for a second, it was just like a because it was there, but. Vietnam was really one of my favourite places for food. The food there was really good, eh? Different, yeah. just lots of food. And um, Madagascar would be a couple of say, It's hard just, if you can get your head around it, I, I, I think I would yeah. do I'd need to like, show it, I couldn't see, like, you see people on these, these big spiders and that, like, I couldn't do anything like that. Eh? Mm. Yeah, I, I got, actually got, when I was in Thailand, I got a bit for a snake. 
when it was in Thailand, the green pit viper, eh? It was steaming and the fucking had a wee encounter with a snake and I thought it was bare girls, eh? The fucking um, <laughs> a stupid thing to do. <laughs> this it was like a my hand was like a fucking balloon after it. I had to go to hospital, I was on a drip for like um, 27 hours, eh? My hand was like arms yeah, like but I mean, it's a funny story. Got a few what, funny stories about traveling, but that could be another story. What could what would they happen with that if you hadn't got to us? What would you? Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Or would you lose your arm? You, I don't know if you'd die, but maybe you would. I don't know. You possibly could have lost what arm, but what what yeah. they said in the hospital was like it's only really fatal if you're like you're really young or really old. But it was like quite fit and healthy, so it was like um all right. But see, they were just looking at me like it was fucking off my head, which I kind of was. Eh, I mean. What, what, I was walking back from the pub to the hotel, right? And like, it was Stevens. Like, I'd been out with a few Thai, a few of my mates in Thailand just drinking that. Eh? So it was like, came at one o'clock. It was in a wee town called Pechabun. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, the bar closed at one. It wasn't like a big city. The bar closed at one o'clock. It was like, I'm just going back. So walking through this like, wee park area and out of the road and just looked down. There was this, seen this, caught this wee green hang slither out the corner of my eye. Yeah, it's like, think about maybe a foot and a half long, just a wee thin thing. That's a fucking snake. And it was, I'd minded for always watch these films of snake catcher, Bear Grylls when I was younger. I was like, right. Which he, <laughs> grabs it, he grabs it by the tail and then puts like behind the head. So I just, I don't care. I'm fucking idiot for day and But then he just tried to grab its tail and break it behind the head. Next thing, it just fucking fast as fucking bit as it. So threw it off. It was just on the like, that finger there, two wee fang, fang right. marks. So I was like, fuck, it's no bad like that. And like you see on the film, it's fucking the fucking venom. But anyway, so I kept walking in, but this time I could feel my hand. I went in like one of the 7 Eleven shops eh, to get some munches. I thought I'll be all right, just a wee nick. But then as I was going to the shop, I could see my hand getting big. Because I could basically see it swelling up. Eh. So I spoke to the fucking, um, I tried to describe to the people in the shop, they didn't speak English because it's like quite a wee town there. Eh, and they were like, didn't understand. So I went out and then I was walking along and I seen this young couple eh, and the scene was like, he goes, are you okay? Because the scene was like that. And he goes, yeah, well, I described him what had happened. Eh? He goes, oh, we call you. Call us an ambulance in eh? Ambulance came with a fucking light siren on. And I was like, oh, fucking hell, what have we done? Eh? And the took us in and asked us what happened. Eh? And then just started fucking laughing like, you fucking idiot. Can't laugh at it, is it? He goes, am I going to die? You kind of knew I wasn't going to die because they were laughing. But then it, was, it wasn't excruciatingly painful. It was more of a, just a sort of throbbing. Eh? So I was like, oh, this is going to be a good story to fucking make a poem. I don't know we. I don't like a sort of what's it called a uh, no a poem, just like a video about it. Eh? Sort of like a wee set kind of the story. But um, I got to the hospital eh, and then the fucking put us an observation because I was on a drip for like twenty hours. I didn't get any venom, I don't think, but they just put us on like a drip to whatever that was, and then they go. They gave us some painkilling drug, eh, which is like fucking I don't know what it was, eh, but I fucking <laughs> felt like it was flowing, and then the she was like that after pain. If the pain comes back, just come and knock at the door, right? So every like half hour, I was like knocking, eh? Like they were giving us warning. But after like six times, they're like, we can't give you any more. You've had too much, eh? So the mud imagine, scotch cutting. Imagine you'd thing. lost your hand and you weren't able to yeah. hold your book when you're doing your sport. Yeah, I just ain't doing it one hand, eh? But yeah, yeah so the kind of asked me to describe the stick. So it was like, yeah, it was a fucking, it was sounds like a green pit viper, but you should, you'll be okay, can So it was a fucking. Offside in Thailand, the first thing they teach parents is, like, don't go near, like, here you say to your kid, don't go near the road or don't go near the railway. In Thailand, it's don't go near snakes, eh? So, yeah, I was like fucking, and when I told people the story, they just looked at me like I was off a fucking head, right? which I kind of was at the time, but I was steaming, eh? So, that's my excuse. <laughs> ah, so that's us. That's us done. Obviously, as I said, we'll post all the links to 
your Facebook and your Instagram or post some links for the, the book. Before you go, I don't know if you want to read out a poem for us, for the show. Yeah, I could read it one, like, um, I don't know what I'll do. I've had these a couple of times for the other spoken words, and it's quite it's quite nice to to get something read out. Yeah. I'll do it um, Vampire in Parliament, right? Brilliant. It's not actually about vampires, it's about something much worse, but you'll, you'll can when you hear it. Take it away. Right. By day, he was a politician and came with a smile. By night, transformed by a dark magician into something evil and vile. He wore a mask throughout the day, then discarded it at night. He was a slave to the darkness, such a hideous sight, searching for victims to suck their blood dry. Then when his body was saturated, he'd take off and fly. The rumours were spreading. Someone needed to inquire. Could he really be a politician, a vampire? Oh, no, it couldn't be true. But there's no smoke without fire. Oh, but he's such a great man. Just look into his eyes. Well, look a little closer and you'll see where true darkness lies. Now, suppose he had friends and showbiz as well, a secret society of vampires from the dark depths of hell, creatures of impunity, but time will always tell. Now, suppose the BBC were aware and covered this all up, all of them together, drinking from the devil's cup. Then we'll take this inquiry to the doors of Buckingham Palace. Oh, such a thing is not possible, I said with a cold, quiet malice. So fuck all was said, fuck all was done. These vampires had a licence to carry on with their fun. Young victims plucked out the night, too small to struggle, too small to fight. So case now closed, no such thing as these beasts. And behind the cover of darkness, they continue to feast. Thank you. Okay, that's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. I, absolutely, and as I say, I'll post all the links, but I thank you very much for coming on. Okay, I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Time for Heroes podcast. If you would like to get in touch, the best way is on the Facebook page, Time for Heroes podcast, or on Instagram at Time for Heroes podcast, or Twitter at Time for Heroes P1, or drop me an email at timeforheroespod at gmail.com. You'll find Time for Heroes on all podcast platforms, including Spotify, Apple, Google, and Amazon. Please leave a review where you can, share with others, and more importantly, enjoy. Yeah.